it's like you become one with the guys in the band. I yeah. mean, there's there's no division. You just the music just unites people with the players. I guess the gala 11th episode of Stuck in the 80s and what more appropriate movie to uh, hoist up the flagpole today than our favorite, the classic, Spinal Tap. This is Stuck in the 80s. I'm your host, co-host, I should say, Steve Spears of sptimes.com. And I'm Gina Vivanetto, columnist for TVT, and our special guest... Sean Daly, the pop music critic for the Times. And I just want to congratulate you guys on 11 amazing podcasts. We go to 11. This one goes to 11. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> The only podcast we actually planned a whole week in advance. Yeah. I, so and I remember we your really first did. podcast, you guys could barely speak, and now you're just, you're brilliant. Yeah, you're brilliant. we really, really are polished now. It's an, it's an honor <laughs> you to be really Those finishing classes really paid off. Yeah, really. So Which Spinal boys. Tap is now 21 years old, same as Purple Rain, which we uh, fed it the other day. Yeah. But I think we're all in agreement here that Spinal Tap is a much superior product. Yeah, Spinal Tap's awesome by the really, really wonderfully talented Christopher Guest and his uh, cohorts who are in all of his movies pretty much. Well, actually, this, these, these guys were, weren't in all of the follow-ups, but he, he tends to work with a lot of the same people. But Christopher Guest, as you know, uh, you know, pretty much pioneered this whole mockumentary thing with, with Rob Reiner back in what year was, was Spinal Tap? 84. Okay. So um, Rob Reiner's actually the director, correct? Yes. Yeah, and Christopher Guest and Harry Shearer and Michael McKeon. Um, who else is in the cast? Well, oh, those, that's pretty much the primary cast. And, right. And what they did is they kind of ad-libbed. You had a general outline of a, of a script and then pretty much like ad-libbed this entire mockumentary about a fictional band called Spinal Tap. But, of course... A lot of people don't know that this is not this real. This is not a real band. Well, it's funny. There's a lot of things that are funny about that. Rob Reiner was actually going to be a member of the band the way this was first planned out. He wasn't going to direct it. He was going to get someone else to direct it, but people thought he didn't look so great in spandex. spandex right? Oh, that's hilarious. That's why he's not in it. And after the movie Poor came out, did. yeah. Poor me, did. I yeah, know. so they're like spoofing, a, you know, like a rock and roll right. band is what they're doing. And when I was young and I saw this movie for the first time, I didn't understand. I mean, I, I didn't was understand a kid. It. And I didn't understand, you know, Spinal Tap's not a real I mean, the name alone, Spinal Tap, should clue you in. But, well, then again, there are some really I stupid heavy metal bands. Well, right. Did anyone know what a Spinal Tap no, was when they were 16 no. years old? I but, didn't. Um, I mean, I was really, really young when this movie came out. And I probably, for the first time, saw it on cable and not you know, in a movie theater, but I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know that it wasn't a real documentary. I didn't know that the band wasn't real. I didn't get it. I didn't recognize Michael McKeon was actually Lenny from Lenny and Squiggy yeah. and stuff. I had no idea. I didn't know that they really weren't British and they were faking accents right. or anything. But now, you know, and of course when I got older and I saw it again, I was laughing like crazy because I realized, oh, this is entirely all made up and it's brilliant. They don't they don't miss anything at all with the rock and roll lifestyle they spoof just about everything that you can go ahead sean sean do you remember the first time you I'm saw it did you see it you. did you see it just <laughs> trying to creep you out yeah it's working but you know who else was creeping us all out uh ozzy osbourne which is not a big surprise but ozzy has come on the record say the first time he saw it thought it was totally real and ozzy it's probably was a in, slice of his hey, life what, what came first this or um decline of western civilization part two it was right around the same time same probably. time which one? Uh, because well, essentially they're the same you know yeah. ozzy in the in that which is if you haven't seen that that's brilliant uh, penelope spheris i think yeah, directed yeah. that 
and Ozzy has this great scene where Ozzy is in his his, uh, his kitchen making breakfast, and he's trying to pour himself orange juice, and he's just sloshing it all over the place. Oh, wow. It might as well be a mockumentary. Well, they do have some parts in Spinal Tap that that actually spoof a little bit of Black Sabbath later right. in the movie. There's a whole stone. We'll talk about Stonehenge. Yeah, we'll get to that. I guess I don't the, want to fast. The first here. the first two times I saw this movie, I saw it at the midnight movies. But Countryside Six, I don't think I could stay. I don't. And to this day, I can't stay up late. I just can't. I, so I think I fell asleep the first two times I watched it. I think I, I, I'm not sure to this day that I've ever actually seen it start to finish in well, one sitting. Well, Spinal Tap consists of, uh, well, basically the, the core of the group are these three guys, and everybody's got these really great uh, British names: Nigel and um, David. David St. Hubbins. <laughs> Nigel Tufnell. Derek Smalls. Derek Smalls, of course. Uh, that's Harry Shearer, the great um, Saturday Night Live player. All these guys. Um, Christopher Guest is is uh, Nigel, and uh, Michael McKeon from the, most famously known as playing Lenny on the furniture. He's so. actually just fantastic um, comic actor. And then uh, they do have a problem with their drummers <laughs> over the years. They've had how many different drummers? Well, the- Thirty. At least, well, someone says thirty-six, I but think I think it's, it's more like really like six. I think it's well. Well, they have a problem with this uh, with the drummers in the band. The band has started in the sixties. We find them in the eighties. Should we let the Should we let the band itself explain? Yeah, maybe we should. Maybe let's we let's should. pause That's and, the and let, let Let's let Spinal Tap explain what ha- keeps happening to the drummers. Your first drummer was uh, the Peeps. John Stumpy Peeps. Oh, yeah. Great, great, uh, tall, blonde, geek with glasses. Yeah. Uh, good drama. Great look. Good drama. Good, yeah. Good yeah, drama. Fine. What happened to him? He died. He he died in a bizarre gardening accident some years back. It's it really one of those went. things. It was, you know, the authorities said, you know, best leave it. Yeah. It's not unsolved, yeah. really. You know. And he was replaced by uh, Stumpy Joe. Eric Stumpy Eric Joe. Child. Yeah. And Eric. what happened to Stumpy Joe? Well, uh, it's not a very pleasant story, but. No. Uh, he, he died. Uh, he choked on uh, the, the the official explanation was he choked on vomit. It's actually he passed uh, away. It was actually someone else's vomit. It's not <laughs> You know, there's no real. Uh, well, they can't yeah, prove whose vomit it was. They uh, never. They don't have no, facilities in Scotland Yard to print You can't spectrum really dust for vomit. See, that's much better than okay, if we tried right, to stumble yeah. through it ourselves. Hard to sum it all up. I just love. I love the ch- choked on the vomit death for the drummer. That's my favorite. <laughs> no way, no way to dust. <laughs> was what the sad thing was, it wasn't his vomit. <laughs> oh, man. So That's when you, everyone should really realize it's not a real movie. For people who haven't seen this movie now, you're going to start to understand so many of the funny references you always hear to it. And can I speak for those people who haven't seen it yet? Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm an only child, as I've maybe told oh. you before. Yeah, no, it's okay. I like being an only child. And because I was an only child, my, you know, I had no cool older brothers and sisters to tell me what I should be watching, listening to. So I can't, everything cool in life I've come to about 10 years too late. And so I was like, the, I felt like I was the last person on earth to see Spinal Tap. And everyone's like, oh, you gotta see it, you gotta see it. You know, smell the glove, lick my love pump. You know, all that stuff. <laughs> oh, no, now and we're I, in trouble. And I would get none of the references. And so finally I'm like, fine. And I went and I rented it. And I was probably, really, I was probably maybe like 23. And didn't you have friends, Sean? Oh. I do have a lot of friends. Imaginary but yeah. ones. And they lived in his closet. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> 
Um, and so I finally watched it. I'm like, oh, I'm sick. You know, almost like he, I didn't want to see it because I'm like, you know what? I'm sick of You're people telling me. And then I watched it. Of course, it was brilliant. And now I, you know, I went out and I bought the special edition double disc on DVD. <laughs> and then I heard there's a new one. There's a new one after that, too, which drives me crazy. It's a bunch. Which is a whole different podcast because I'm really ticked off about the different <laughs> DVDs coming out. I saw another one's coming out, too. But anyway, um, of course, it's brilliant. So all these people haven't seen it, and you're sick of people always referencing it, like the nerds who reference like Monty Python stuff. Watch it. You'll love it, I promise it's you. It's hilarious. Yeah, and all the jokes, when you really see what they're all about, it's hilarious. The, the whole Smell the Glove thing, of course, refers to the album cover, the whole movie. Uh, you, you, it's, it's basically chronicling this tour. Rob Reiner plays a documentarian, and he's following the band on tour. They get into a lot of heat over this album cover, and uh, well, here we'll let you uh, listen to something, and this this will uh, this will explain a lot here. They're not going to release the album because they have decided that the cover is sexist. Well, so what? Yes. But what's wrong with being sexy? I mean, there's no sexist. Sex okay, listen. I wanted to tell you this, and and I was holding back because I didn't know what Dennis's decision was going to be. But at this point, both Sears and Kmart stores have refused to handle the album. That They're old boycotting one, huh? the album only because of the cover. What's if the first the album is had been a album, hit, it can shove it right down their throats. Okay, if you recognize that voice, it belongs to none other than the nanny. That's Fran Drescher, and she plays some sort of like a uh, record. She's a publicist She's for a publicist, Polymer Records. Right. For the uh, oh, what's her name? It's Bobby. It's like Bobby Bobby Fleckman. The host of the mostest was that Bobby Fleckman, right? Who's that? That's her name in the movie, or Bobby Fleckman is okay. her name in the movie. Well, there's all there's all sorts. Of, okay, she's basically telling their Ian, their uh, manager, that, that you know that the the record label, their uh, the cover of the album is just completely. Sexist, to which uh, Nigel replies, "What's wrong with being sexy?" <laughs> they have to explain to him the difference between being yeah. sexist and sexy. So they have, a, you know, there's a big uproar over the album cover art that you know they eventually have to change. All these Kmart and Sears, I think, drop the drop the album because of the cover art. So there's a lot of uh, brouhaha about all that. But Fran Drescher is one of the many, many cameos or, or you know guest spots, I should say in the movie there's a whole bunch of people in this movie do we want to talk about that right now like all the different interesting people in the movie well, billy crystal's that, in it yeah dana carvey actually you can't tell if you're smart you can see it. it's billy crystal by his voice playing a mime but there's no way to tell that that's also dana carvey playing a mime because while well, he's playing a mime I, I, I do believe in the deleted scenes that dana carvey has uh, a scene with billy crystal where there are two moms yelling at each other okay and you can tell that's on my nerd dvd well there's the remember, nerd dvd billy crystal says mime is money mime instead is of time mime. is money right. which is funny you can tell his voice but there's a lot of other people um uh, Ed Begley Jr. You'll see in it. Howard yeah, I didn't Hesman. know that till today. Until yeah. Ed Begley Jr. is playing one of the old drummers. Yeah, oh, that cracked me up when I realized he's that. He's just you can just he's not even he doesn't even have any lines or anything. Him. He just plays one of the drummers that eventually dies. Um, Howard Hessman's in it. Plays another band's manager walking through. Um, who else did I see? Paul Schaefer, of course. Later on, plays a, a kind of a, a schmoozy um, God, radio name? guy or, or somebody. Artie Fufkin? Artie Fufkin. Fred it. Willard is Fred in Willard. it. He plays the guy from the military base. He's wonderful. <laughs> and Angelica Houston is the poor woman who has to design the Stonehenge set. And if you look in the credits, this is a funny bit of trivia, they actually have her name spelled wrong. They spell it yeah. Angelica with a G in one place real, real big. And then later on they have her name again. It's spelled correctly. So if you Poor want. Angelica. Yeah. And Bruno Kirby's also in it. He plays, what does he play, a cab driver or a chauffeur? Chauffeur. Driver? Yeah. Hey, speaking of Stonehenge, let's launch into a bit of that music clip right now. 
I love that song. Here we go. Stonehenge, where the banshees dwell. And the, no, the demons dwell, and the banshees live, and they do live well. <laughs> and oh, how they danced. The little children of Stonehenge. Beneath the haunted moon. For fear that daybreak might come too soon. Ah, yes. So that's the beautiful Stonehenge. And uh, anyone who knows this movie knows the beautiful Stonehenge. That they have an 18-inch Stonehenge monument that they lower onto and, the stage. And that, that happened because Nigel was drawing plans for it. And he put, you know, as he was drawing the scale, he put 18 dash, or, you know, yeah, he dash, put inches dash. instead of feet. And right. the person took him literally, the person who was Angelica Houston, and she made a beautiful right. Stonehenge. It was only 18 inches high. Well, the, and they actually brought it on stage. The, the insider joke on this, though, is that um, this is actually a swipe at Black Sabbath, which... Um, had a three times the normal size Stonehenge replica made for their U.S. tour, you know, 20 years ago. It didn't even fit the stage that they were playing on, but they did have actual dwarves that were dancing on top of them. <laughs> True Can you believe that? I mean, they actually brought wouldn't dwarves. you just laugh at that? I mean, on, on yeah. its own, but no, I love the fact that they take su- such a simple joke and actually have an inside swipe at it. There's another thing. I do have a little bit of trivia here. Um, another uh, kind of riff on a uh, classic rock band. When Nigel has a solo and he's rubbing a violin against his guitar uh, it's a parody of Led Zeppelin's Jimmy Page yeah. used a violin bow yeah. to play his guitar uh, during many concerts and they have that really extended great Nigel guitar solo that sounds like just absolute it's just horrendous. It sounds so bad. And they just keep showing him. He's like rubbing his foot on another guitar. He's rubbing a violin over I his guitar. It sounds scene. awful. It sounds so bad. And and he's like, you know, kind of like looks like he's in ecstasy playing this solo. That sounds so he's terrible. He's playing his feet too. Isn't yeah, it? he's like touching another guitar with his foot. It's like it's like such a spoof of a, of a classic guitar solo. It's hilarious. It's so great. I mean, they, they kind of like... Just take pot shots at everybody. And then they have Harry Shearer doing this whole one-handed bass technique where he just kind of plucks at his bass and holds his other hand up in the <laughs> oh, air yeah. the whole time. Isn't that from the song Big Bottom? Uh, yeah, well, Big Bottom is a great song, which, uh, man, we got to hear it. Let's we can't it. just talk about it. we got to hear it. it. Bump, bump, girls got them. <laughs> cue it up, maestro. Here's what's funny about that song. Um, they're all playing bass. Yeah. If you watch in the movie, all three of the guys up front for this one song are all playing the bass. Including Nigel's playing the double-necked bass, which right, double makes neck no bass. sense. Well, that's a kind no of, that's kind of a crack a at, ne- at, at Jimmy Page again for playing right. the double-headed guitar through in the 70s. And, he's, you know, nobody, there's no way in hell you can play a double-headed no, nobody, bass. No, I mean, especially when there's two other guys playing bass. It's just, it's just... Uh, yeah, I mean, they, the they don't miss much. And, and the, the, one of my favorite scenes, too, is the backstage 
scene with uh, Nigel flipping out about the, the the needs of their writer, which, you know, if you know about the rock and roll world, every band's got a writer, you know, which they demand certain things backstage. You know, we want this kind of alcohol or this kind of bottled water. Or we want this crudité plate. Um, we let Nigel? Nigel is freaking out own? to his manager, Ian, because he doesn't understand that, you know, they have these beautiful, beautiful uh, plate of food and olives and stuffed olives and this, you know, little gourmet bread. But he doesn't understand this is little gourmet bread. So he has these little slices of bread and he's showing his manager, you know, trying to put the luncheon meats and the cheeses on the bread, which are, of course, bigger than the little slices of gourmet bread. Do you want to hear the clip from it? Yeah, let's hear the clip. Go, Nigel. Well, no, 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 no. This, this, look, 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 there's a little problem with the, uh, look, this, this miniature bread. It's like, I've been working with this now for about half an hour and I can't figure out, let's say I want to, a mm-hmm. bite, right? You got this. You'd like bigger bread? Exactly. I yeah. don't understand how you it's could like. Fold a... this, I mean, you could well, fold no, it. then it's half the size. No, not the bread. No, you can fold the meat. Yeah, yeah but this, then, it, then it breaks bread. up. It breaks no, apart no, 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 no. like you this. Put it on the bread like this, see? But then, if then you then keep it... folding it, it keeps breaking. Well, why would you keep and then you'll, it? everything has to be folded. And yeah. then it's this, and I don't want this. I want large bread so that I can put this. Right. So then it's like this, yeah. but this doesn't work because then it's all... Because it hangs out like that. <laughs> Look, yeah. would you be holding no, this? No, I wouldn't want to eat, I wouldn't want to put no. it in my mouth. All right, A, exhibit, no, right. exhibit A, right. and then we move right. on to this. Look, look. That cracks Who's me up every time. It's a complete catastrophe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're just, every, every single little funny uh, uh, rock star... Uh, idiosyncratic thing. <laughs> you remind me of Kevin Smith movies now, isn't it? Idiosyncratic. This is when we really wish we knew how to edit podcasts. Exactly. So, yeah, they find everything. And then uh, uh, when he's later on, when he's uh, showing the documentarian Rob Reiner. He's playing the he's playing the the piano the D minor that's my favorite part when everybody says their favorite thing you know smell the glove there's not these go to eleven mine is always D minor the saddest of all keys <laughs> and he's saying you know I'm really influenced by Mozart and Bach and he's playing the piano and it sounds so beautiful and Rob Reiner's kind of touched and says this sounds so much different than all your other music what's it called lick my love pump <laughs> <laughs> which I love it just cracks me up it's great great Classic. great classic dare i say a classic as long as you dare say it if yeah, i dare I think, say it one more time think, i'll be yeah i don't think you dare calling you in a but, uh, <laughs> are we allowed to say lick my love pump i'm allowed to say uh, it. evidently we've I said think. it three times now well wow uh i'll take the fall so okay <laughs> any more interesting uh what was final tap rated i don't know i was we were uh i am looking it's got to be R. I would think it was an R, although it's not that. You know what's sad? Was they it, do have a lot of cold sores for in the beginning of the it movie. It wasn't nominated though. for any awards. That's too bad. It should be. Well, there's so many different writers on it. Who would get it? But talk about the cold sore, Steve, and the subplot that got oh, deleted boy, out. Oh, yeah. And beginning with, at the opening night party, you see uh, David St. Hubbins and Nigel with cold sores on their lips. And there's really no explanation as to why they're there. They don't tell you in the movie, no. but then they There's a stuff. scene. There's a whole scene or a subplot that's deleted where I guess they had an opening band with a really sleazy lead singer that slept with all of Spinal Tap, but it's funny. giving them all herpes. It's, yeah, so that part gets deleted out, but it's very subtle. I think if it's you're paying attention, you can, it's yeah, it is funny because they just have these close-ups of them talking, and you can Suddenly, see they all have cold sores on their mouth, sores. which just sort of indicates movie. the kind of shot. As, since you're the pop critic, you tell us what's your favorite song from this movie. If you had, if you had uh, just one song that you had to seize upon and 
put on and put on your uh, burn on your CD for your car to listen to from here for on forever. Well, you know, I, I'm a big man. I'm a large man, so I like you know I like big curvy women. So <laughs> you're uh, with the big it's bottom. Probably big bottom. Yeah. Big bottom. But I remember uh, I went to college with a guy who was really uh, weird dude. He lived in the room right next to me. It was my freshman year, and he he brought like just like a, a bag of like pants and shirts and other pants, and he had one tape. And it was just a tape of the Spinal Tap soundtrack. And that's what we just listened to constantly. Oh so essentially all these songs are ingrained in my DNA now. It's nice. Gina, Gina what's your favorite song from the well, movie? Um, prob- Something probably- we haven't listened to yet, preferably. Oh, um, um, oh no. Uh, what's, what's the farm? What's the farm? Oh, sex that's farm? Sex, sex Farm <laughs> Workers. It's a lovely ballad. Yeah, let's put that's on that. That's the one Harry Shearer refers to later to talk about the difference in the music they used to make, which was silly, and now they make By this. By the way, can I tell a quick Harry Shearer story? Oh, please, you can please always, do, I saw him. I had to go visit my dad and his wife out in Pittsburgh, and they took me to see the Manhattan Transfer. All right. Uh, and they did a cover of Sex no, Farm no, Workers. No, 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 hold on. Four-part harmony with doo-wops. Act, and it was Harry Shearer was the opening act, and what happened is the band was late getting to this venue and Harry Shearer went on and tried to do all this stand-up and he was awful. Oh, and so no. people were booing him and it's all these sophisticated kind of people and, oh, you know, paid, and they're booing him just screaming to get off the stage and he did this thing about with Michael Jackson where it wasn't on bad but it's on plaid and he came out and tried to dance like Michael Jackson like a plaid outfit. That does actually sound kind of bad. he was furious and he basically at the end he was like just berating the crowd right back like, you know, just really ripping on the people of Pittsburgh. It was that's awful. So sad. now my dad refuses to watch Spinal Tap because he hates Harry Shearer. Oh, he feels offended by him. Let's just do a call out for Harry now. This is Sex Farm. This one's for you, Harry. All right, Harry. See, that's a that's a hard song to even that's put a in a podcast song. because it's hard to find twenty five <laughs> seconds of it that's not completely obscene. They have so many. Um, the really the beauty about Spinal Tap is that um, their their songs like uh, t- the song titles alone, like "Tonight I'm Gonna Rock You Tonight," is <laughs> great. I didn't even know that's what it was called. Oh until yeah, you guys it's told awesome. Me the podcast. And then like they they do this whole song where they're they're so so into it and they're they're really really earnest when they sing it, but it's called Heavy Duty. And if you listen yeah. to them singing it, it's like good. you know they talk about the duty in their soul and. Stuff, but it's like, it's like they don't, like they don't, they kind of don't even get their own, you know, the the the, the own uh, the problems with their lyrics, let's say, or the double entendres of their own lyrics, and and, and that's like the beauty of Spinal Tap is they they are so um, adolescent and so silly, but sometimes they they don't even realize it. They take themselves so so seriously. It's kind of beautiful. It's I guess it's a very you know again it's very uh, true to life as far as like real real rock and roll bands and 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 these kind of hair metal bands. Well, I, I have to say if I had to pick one song, I'm going to pick the uh, the '60s ish song. Listen to the flower oh, people. That's a beautiful song. <laughs> yeah. it's I just beautiful. I love the video. Oh, give me the, some money. Too. Hey, you know, too. Let me, me tell some, you this. There's another interesting bit of trivia when they give when they some give, me, money. give me some money. They do play some. Um, Clips in the movie from Nigel and David's older bands, which is that's just what um, Steve and right. Sean are talking about right now. And they do play in one scene; they're in a hotel room and they play a song over the radio from one of their older bands. And the radio announcer's voice, incidentally, is the voice of Harry Shearer. Ooh. Yeah, who actually, you know, everyone knows he's plays about twenty different voices on The Simpsons. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Good point. It's Good point. True. Yeah. Let's listen to a few seconds of uh, the Flower People. 
Sounds a little bit like some of the tunes that Christopher Guest wrote for a later movie, kind of foreshadows it, A Mighty Wind, which was another mockumentary Chris Guest was, uh, you know, uh, involved with or actually wrote. And um, for those of you who like Christopher Guest stuff, uh, Christopher Guest from Spinal Tap did A Mighty Wind, did Waiting for Guffman and Best of Show. So if those movies caught your eye, you will love Spinal Tap if you haven't seen it. Steve, is this your uh, favorite of all his movies? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. No question about it. I've seen all of them. Oh, I don't think I've seen Waiting for Guffman all the way through. Oh, it's brilliant. I think sometimes some of his later movies, there's, I don't know, there's like some, some bitterness there. Am I wrong? A I mean, cynicism funny. that yeah. wasn't in Spinal like, Tap. I don't know if Christopher Guest, I wonder if he's like a super nice guy. Do you know who he's married to? Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Who's Sweet. actually a man, as we all know. No, I'm oh, sorry. my for God. Le- for legal purposes. Don't start that. I'm sorry. So, and I'd just like to make a point, actually, that... Um, um, you know, this is probably hy- hyperbole, and I'm getting all excited about Spinal Tap, but has there ever been a movie that um, puts so many catchphrases into the normal, everyday lexicon? Um, or maybe not, you know, so many, but, I mean, important ones like, you know, this goes to 11. I was, you know, I, I watch Toy Story 2 every night with my kid, and Zerg, Zerg's power thing goes to 11. I mean, you hear that. Like, right, all the time. And then also, the there's, a, there's a thin line between clever, clever and, and stupid. stupid. Which, you know, I'll be reading like a New York Times article and somebody uses that yeah. almost as if it was their idea. I mean, I probably hear both of those in some form, some way, or read them probably every week. Yep. Every week. Do you have a favorite quote? What's your favorite quote, Gina? Oh, well, it said it's, you know, D-minus. <laughs> That's right. You did say that. I was but, um, not no, off I mean, when you were talking. I mean, the thin line between stupid and clever, it's, I mean, not only is it popular, but it's actually, I mean, there's so much truth to it, it's too, true. you know, as far as it the could entertainment be, it could be the industry tagline. goes. It's just, it's a ta- it should be the tagline of this movie. Oh, yeah. Sean, what's your favorite line? Oh, you know what else also I like? As I told you when I was walking in, they asked... Um, they asked one of the keyboard player towards the end of the movie. They said, uh, "What's your philosophy of life?" And he says, "Have a good time, all the time." And that's like the only line he has in the whole movie. And I love it. It's very precious. Actually, I like uh, Mick Shrimpton, the drummer. They asked him. Um, he's in the bath. He's in the bathtub, yeah. and he said, "You know, uh, the rock and roll is nice, but if it was just the sex and drugs, that'd be okay too." Yeah, exactly. uh, my favorite line, I think, we can't say on the podcast, but it is the review. For shark sandwich, oh, yeah, yeah. it's a two-word review for yeah. shark sandwich. Well, we can't say, but it's very, very funny. It's and funny. It sort of delights the band too. They're like, but that was in front. You know like, why? Oh. It's, you know why it delights the band? Because that whole scene was they did not know what was going to be read to them oh. on that reviews. Those were they were hearing those they reviews. They kind of laughing. It's they were cute. hearing it for yeah. the first time. That's, That's great trivia. Funny. 
That's yeah, in fact, it's funny because when I messaged Sean yesterday, just asked if he wanted to come up and participate. I go, "Are you a big fan of Spinal Tap?" And all I get back is the two-word review for <laughs> Shark Sandwich. I was like, "Okay, well, that answers that." Well, you'll question. have to watch the movie to find out the review because we can't say it. <laughs> and also, I, I might stump us here, but I crack up every time when they Spinal Tap's not doing too well, and they have to play in the amusement park, and the sign on the at the amusement park the I think says "Puppet Show" and, and Spinal, Spinal Tap. Tap. Yeah, and right? there's another sign on the Holiday Inn that says like a "Touring Company of the Whiz" and "Spinal Tap." <laughs> and Spinal Tap. Yeah. So I like the little things. It's the great. Very subtle, it's a funny, funny thing. We asked our readers to call in to our new podcast hotline and share their favorite quotes from the movie. And a few of you actually did, which I was impressed by. So here's a couple of the readers or, or loyal listeners with their favorite Spinal Tap quotes. I do not, for one, think that the problem was that the band was down. I think the problem may have been that there was a Stonehenge monument on the stage that was in danger of being crushed by a dwarf. All right? That tended to understate the hugeness of the object. Another wonderful quote for, uh, from the Spinal Tap movie would be, There's a fine line between clever and stupid. You know, you you can't really dust for vomit. Ah, see, we're not the only freaks and geeks out here. There's some other people. We're not the only ones willing to make ourselves sound idiotic. For, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, we do have a, a, a telephone toll-free hotline now for the podcast. It's 866-371-9605 or just go to our blog at tampabay.com slash blog slash 80s or go to Sean's blog at what's sptimes.com slash blog slash pop. Pop, pop music. music. That's pop right. Music. Thank you very much for the plug. Yeah, anytime. That costs ten dollars. We're gonna need that back. Though. But uh, anytime you want to call and leave a message for us, we can. It, your voice is digitally recorded. We can actually use it on the podcast. Isn't that kind of niff? Isn't that clever? Or is it just <laughs> stupid? <laughs> uh, it's a little bit of both. So let's let's kick this uh, dog in the butt and get running. Okay. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> Thanks, guys. And again, congratulations on 11 incredible 11. podcasts. 11. Why didn't we just record 10 and make that one our last one? Because <laughs> <laughs> this one goes to 11. All right. Um, well, you know, from all of us here and stuck in the 80s, we'll, we will probably be stuck here until <laughs> next week, too. And, and uh, we, we thank you for listening. From Steve and Sean and myself, this is Gina. And we'll see you and hear you and feel you next time. Bye. <laughs> Do you have any artificial plates or limbs? Mm, not really, no.